now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy. Mark Larson, thank you very much. And Southern California, welcome to yet another Sunday edition of Ron Real Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hopalong John Cassidy, and it is a pleasure to welcome you to the show tonight. Everyone set their clocks back? Yeah, I hope you did. Because we've got a great show for you tonight, and I'm not want you to miss any of it. Hey, let me give you a rundown of just who's with us right now. First out of the gate, we are going to have pro angler John Murray with us. John is one of the many uh, fishermen to come out of the Southwest that has made it to the Bassmaster Elite Series. We're going to catch up with John. We're going to find out how he's doing. And then we're going to give his thoughts on some of the newest developments happening with Major League Fishing. And then later on, Wayne Cotto will be with us, Executive Director for the CCA of California. Hey, there's a big fundraiser coming on up. We're going to catch up with Wayne to find out what that's all about and also check in with him to see what issues we should be concerned about that are breaking. And then in the second hour, we're going to have a name that you probably don't know but, boy, is this guy a winner. We're going to have Charles Lee with us. And Charles Lee caught the big fish in this year's Bisbee tournament down on the East Cape. He caught the second big fish last year, but no, uh, uh, you know, uh, just no second place this year. Number one, we're going to get Charles' uh, story when we uh, uh, get on with him at 6 p.m. And then if we can catch with, uh, up with him on the water, Captain Chuck Taft, he's with us. He's going to give us the latest report on what's happening on our offshore area. But before we do all that, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod Real Radio. First of all, this individual is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT and a pretty darn good saltwater and freshwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. How you doing, John? Good evening, everybody. Well, things are pretty good. I actually had a, a week of work around the house where we bought a used motorhome, and I had a guy, Andy, I, I call him Iron Andy Baldwin. He does flooring for the boats. He does flooring in, uh, for houses, and he, he goes, I can put new flooring in that motorhome, too. So we've, been, we've had a project for three days, and he's done this evening, and it looks great. Well, out of sight, man, I think... You're going to get some use out of that, too, will you not? 
Well, it, it leaves in about a week and a half here to go to Texas for Thanksgiving uh, to to the daughter and son-in-law's new home there, and and uh, I get to take fishing rods to the grandsons and teach them how to fish a little bit before I leave. All right. Hey, Scan, let me introduce our listening audience to our other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline. She works with many other fine companies in the fishing industry. She is also an expert fisherman and hunter. Let me introduce to you all to Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Hello there. And I am this time the underfish host of Rod and Reel Radio because I have been working my butt off and have not been able to wet a line. So I am grumpy and I need to get out on the water. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Wendy, I know you've been doing a great job with Iserline. Uh, you helped me out. I, I couldn't uh, uh, get my order in uh, from Angler's Arsenal there, and I got to you kind of late in the day, and sure enough, the next day, the order showed up. So thank you so much for helping us out. Ah, not a problem. You know, that's one of our mottos, you know, try to get it to you as soon as possible. And, you know, if you don't have it, you can't sell it. So I'm glad you got it. All right. Hey, let's go to our first guest. Otto, do we have our first guest on? All right. Hey, you know, past few weeks, we the past few weeks, we have been pulling a, a lot of the pros here in the Southwest, talking to them to see how their careers are going, and then also talking to them a little bit about some of the changes that are happening in professional fishing right now. Now, I was in Sevierville, Tennessee, a few weeks ago, and I was hoping to get an interview with this individual, but we just never got together. He was busy displaying the products for many of the fine manufacturers that he represents. But let me introduce our listening audience to, to him right now, Pro Angler, Mr. John Murray. John, welcome to the show, sir. So how are you, John? It, it's been at least a week since I talked to you. <laughs> yeah, I've talked to Stan. I saw John in Tennessee, so I, I haven't seen Wendy in a while, but uh, good to talk to you all. Nice to talk to you. One day I hope I see you again soon. I hope so. Hey, John, I, uh, it's good seeing you in Tennessee. I've got to tell you, I stopped off in Dayton, Tennessee, to visit, uh, visit with the mayor and the director of economic development because – that area of the country is just going crazy about bass fishing. And I can't tell you how proud they were to say that, yeah, we got John Murray just living down the road from us over there. How, how do you like it in Tennessee? Well, that was one of the reasons we moved here. Dennis Tumlin, uh, who, who runs Ray County, uh, as far as the tourism, uh, we fished a bass fest here on Chickamauga Lake, and we started looking in houses around here, and we moved up to the next lake up, Watts Bar, and bought the house. So uh, this is, on the East Coast, probably the best centrally located place to fish. I have a, a dozen lakes within two hours I can go fish. and I live on a lake, so, yeah, it's just a great place to live. Uh, moderate weather, not San Diego weather, but it's moderate weather. It's okay, and uh, fishing's pretty good. Oh yeah. my gosh, hard to beat that. To <laughs> John, you know, uh, back there they are toting Lake Chickamauga as possibly the next big trophy lake, the uh, you know, in the United States. And 
I know there are some great bags coming out of there. What are your thoughts about that uh, impound? It is tremendous. You know, there was, you know, multiple 40-pound five-fish stringers caught out of there in team tournaments this year and uh, up to, I think, a 15-pounder. Um, so it's, it's for the East Coast, it's as good as it gets big fish-wise. It gets a lot of pressure. Um, it, it does, it, it has got the attention of bass fishermen, but it has a lot of acreage of grass, so it does help it. Um, but they've done a great job in promoting that lake and, and doing a good job of keeping it healthy and not killing the grass. And it, and it's just a great story because I fished it in the eighties and it was pretty horrible. So to see it now so much better really makes you feel good. Well, that's like a lot you of know, the lakes in Southern California, in Southern California, you kind of have to wait till that big fish grows up. You know, that Florida strain doesn't grow real quick, a lot of them. And, and, and to get 15-pound fish in a lake, you know, they're only going to get some bigger ones here. If the, if the forage food is in that lake and they've got a place uh, for the shad and everything to hide, sounds like they do with, uh, with uh, grass in the lake, that's just going to get to be better and better. It's going to be like what the West Coast used to be. I would hope so. Now, we don't have vitamin T out here. There's not the trout plants, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of other fish out here, so maybe maybe they'll get up there. I don't think they'll be challenging for world records, but, you know, 10 to 15-pound bass out on the East Coast is pre- pretty pretty impressive. Well, when you get 45-pound limits, that's a pretty good bag. I don't care how you cut it. That just turned into a different story from the rest of the lakes in the area. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, there was a 40-pound stringer caught in the summer. I mean, there was in May. I mean, there was Man. obviously there was in January and February. But, I mean, they really catch some big fish. And, and these are some local guys that spend a lot of time out there. They're, they're experts on the water. It's not like everybody's catching them. But the opportunity is there to catch that kind of bag out of that lake. Well, that opportunity will, will become more and more uh, relevant when the guys – start getting on the water and learn how to how to actually approach the lake and and find that big fish because it was like the southern california region there were there were the few of of us that were out throwing the lumber you know lobbing the lumber around catching big fish but not everybody knew how to do that it was uh, kind of because you were in the area and you learned how to do it with the guys that were on the on the water there but that's one of those things that there's enough information out there now as you know online people will learn how to do what they need to do to catch those big fish. Yeah, and it is a little more basic. You're not really dealing with deep water fishing out here. I mean, if you catch a fish in 20 feet of water, that'd be deep. You don't really get the deep water fishing, <laughs> so it is a little different. But, uh, man, it, uh, it, it's fun. How's the you water know, out there, John? Is it, cl- is it stained? Is it clear? What's it compared I, to um, out here? I would say the Tennessee River, which is basically what these are all on, Gunnersville and the lake I live on, Chickamauga, it's a green algae stain. It's not a muddy, um, but it's, you know, two two foot, one foot vis- visibility at most, most places. It's never very clear, um, but it's not usually muddy. So, but it's very healthy looking. And that's that's how I've always felt. It's It's a good watercolor for fishing, but probably best for shallow water fishing. Okay, John, I, I also need to say that the uh, city of Dayton is really proud of the way they have lured fishing to their community and the way it, it has turned around the economic development of that area to the fact that now 
where the revenues that they get from bass fishing and fishermen coming to their part of the country, they're able to go out and finance a lot more things that they weren't able to do because they just didn't have the money. Do you find out there uh, in the southeast, in the east, that, you know, the big bass tournaments, that communities are a lot more receptive to them than we're finding out here in the west? Yeah, it's no doubt. They understand what these, you know, the, the, there's 200, 300 boat tournaments here all the time on these lakes here. And, and they're encouraged. They're, they're, you know, they're paid to come and, and the facilities are there just for them. So yeah, it's a totally different world than what we had out in the West Coast where they just almost didn't want you around those lakes. So yeah, it's a, it's a different mentality out here for sure. You know, that John, would be a wonderful thing. Uh, John, when you were out here in the West, you had a tremendous amount of success uh, fishing the tournaments here. You've won like 31 bass boats. You're two-time winner of the uh, the U.S. Open that was just won by Bub Tosh here uh, that we had on a couple of weeks ago. But I was surprised. When I was in Sevierville, you were there, too, helping your sponsors out. How, how did Billy Egan let you slip through his fingers that you didn't get back and fish the U.S. Open? Well, I had planned on fishing it if I sold my boat on the West Coast, and I had a guy in California who was going to buy it. He ended up backing out. So I sold it out here, and I I just don't have a way to really get out there and and fish if I don't sell my boat out that way. Um, Actually, the, the, the weekend you saw me, I won the tournament there on Sevierville. So, I mean, I won a tournament that weekend. It just wasn't as big as the U.S. Open. (laughs) <laughs> that's all right i've got a feeling we'll be seeing you out here for the u.s open and other big tournaments that are coming on up uh, before your career is open because man you you just you've been slaying them now right now though you know it seems like and i've got to admit it that you're probably not fishing as well as you'd like to be fishing well, I think I am because I, I spend a lot of time on the water. But, you know, the competition is incredible now. There's no secrets. You know, when I grew up fishing, I'd learn a secret from somewhere, and I would just carry it for months and win all sorts of money. And now there is no such thing. It's these guys that just out of college, they got almost as much knowledge. They have almost as much knowledge as you do, and they – just they're lacking a little experience but i mean it's crazy how good these young fishermen are so you really have your work cut out for you when you go out fishing against them and so um it's it's a it's a learning process for everybody and my weakness has been these lakes out here on the tva chain so i'm trying to put my time in and understand them a little better well that makes all the sense in the world all these young guys that are in high school and college are tutored by the guys that are the professionals in the arena that they're close to, and they come and have sponsors that teach them how to do what we had to learn how to do ourselves, which, you know, the benefit is huge. These young guys coming up, which is going to mean just the competition is going to be that much better. I love fishing against the young guys because you can learn a lot just from fishing around these guys. They, they come up with little techniques and things that, you know, that, that help play the game a little bit better. Yeah, there we go. Are you there, there we go. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, did you hear that about the young guys and how they can they get yep. tutored by the guys at, at uh, uh, you know, in school right now, and they get taught by all of the guys that have learned how to do 
what they need to do, and they take the information and go from there. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, that a lot of times you, you your experience gets in your way. You assume that something you've done five or ten years ago won't work again or will work again, and, and you don't really pursue it. And then you find out, man, it still works. <laughs> uh, you, uh, yeah, you know, that it's all for the good. All these young guys coming up now are are talented, and they've got this thing nailed down. Yep. You know, I want to know, as far as um, adjusting, you know, we're we're older. We're all about the same age. And, you know, with the electronics the way you had them in electronics today, as far as adapting to the new electronics, how hard was it? Oh, it's crazy now. Some of that, <laughs> that Panoptics Live is is almost cheating. I mean, it's you can look. I mean, I was watching Fred. Freddie Rabanus fish down a bank. He's just going down the bank looking for fish on his live view and casting at them. And that, that's something that's never happened. I mean, it's 25, 30 feet ahead of the boat. He's casting a fish he sees and sees them eat the lure. So, yeah, it's a different world now. And um, with the mapping and everything out there, that it, the, the, the playing field is, is just changing every year, and you have to really put some work in to stay up with it. John, explain that because that's something, you know, on the Chrome system or something. Uh, people don't understand what that means when you can see in front of them and see the fish eat the bait. So maybe explain a little bit about that. Well, we've had pan optics with Garmin Electronics, which basically scans forward. And now they have a live view of it. And it actually, I mean, you actually see the fish move. You see your bait go to them. You see everything happening in real time. So it's a, I don't know how to describe it other than it's just, so much further advanced than anything we've ever had before and so that's it's, it's it's an adapting to that technology that you know that's never i've never seen i've never seen before this year so you know it's all new to me and these guys uh that get on it first and understand it first are the guys that are catching those fish you know before everybody else well trying to that's brand new with i think the chrome the with the new i mean the uh the newer electronics that so you can get the the forward scanning um, radar sonar rather, and and actually see you know if you can flatten it out how far in front of the boat can you uh, actually see that fish. Technically, you know you can push it out you know eighty hundred feet, but most of the guys that are using it right are you know that twenty to forty yard, feet ahead of the boat is where this you really see the visual of it the best. So you really have to understand how that cone works and really practice within different depths. But, I mean, the crappie guys on my leg, the, the couple of guys that have that, I mean, they can look under a talk and they can just see the crappie swimming around under there. and Or they don't. They go to the next dock. They don't even fish. So, yeah, it's a totally different world of deep, at least anything over five feet of water fishing than we used to have, brush piles, stuff like that. They can actually scan and see the fish swimming around out there. That's right. pretty hey, incredible guys, technology. That really change is a game changer, uh, especially for a tournament guy trying to figure out, all right, I wonder if there's anything over there. When you can see something, you know that it's actually there. Maybe see it even moving toward your bait. That's That really changes the game. Well, we used to have to interpret, right? I mean, we had to interpret stuff. Now it's not even interpreting. You actually see it. So, uh, yeah, yep. it's, it's changing daily, weekly, and I don't know where it stops. I just don't understand. Well, it changes right. the game for sure. Makes, hey, guys, makes it 
Hey, hey, guys, we got to take a break right now. We got a little bit overtime. Uh, hey, John, can you stay over for another segment? Yeah. All right. Hey, you're listening to Rod and Real Radio on AM 540 or at com. Stan Woody and I, we are talking about Pro Angler. We are talking with Pro Angler John Murray. And after we get back, we're going to find out what he thinks about the latest breaking news with Major League Fishing and what he thinks about the league in general. So stay tuned. There's more after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gabakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gabakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gabakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Come join us at our new location in Lakeside. That's right, we've moved. Come see us at our new location at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. Lakeside, California. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, uh, welcome back to Rod Real Radio, everyone. Dan Vandenberg's with me. So is Wendy Toshihara. A special guest in this segment is pro-angler John Murray. John you have wanted to fish from a pro, as I understand it, 
since you were 12 years old, and you finally made it. You moved back there to, to fish the pro circuit, to be closer to the tournaments. Fished Bassmaster Elite, did extremely well there, did extremely well in FLW. But now this new circuit came along, Major League Fishing. Can you tell us a little bit about Major League Fishing and some of your thought process up behind leaving all of this to go to something that you really don't know about right now? Well, I think the the start of it was that uh, I have a nine-year-old son, and he has a lot of buddies that fish. And, I, you know, I'd say, oh, I did get in a Bassmaster tournament. And they'd all say, hey, you fish that Major League Fishing? We watch Major League Fishing. You're not on that. So for years, he's, you know, last three years, he said that. So when they started a tour that you could actually qualify for, I was, I'm like, well, everybody I'm around watches that show. So that's where I jumped to immediately. And the fact that it's run by the anglers was the key. And so basically Gary Klein, Gary uh, Boyd Duckett, they started this group and it's basically 80 guys running their own tour sponsored by some incredible companies and it's just, it's just everything we've always wanted in a bass circuit. So it was just sort of an easy transition for me to go support it and just see where it goes because it's, it's the next level, and it's actually created better. All the other circuits have gotten better because of it. So I think that's the key. It's just so far has made everything better in the bass fishing world. Hey, well, I think Cassidy. with all the – go ahead. It, 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 it equates to, for the younger kids, it equates to us being Facebook, us, the older users, being Facebook users versus Instagram and Snapchat. Because the younger kids are doing the Instagram and Snapchat where we're stuck and we're doing Facebook still because it's easy and that's what we're used to. Yeah, you know, and it's that, a different world now with the a- TV that's a big thing is all the kids are now just on their phone. Right. Yeah, everything is different. So, John, you, you know, with this new format for for uh, the fishing community, there's 80, I think, 80 guys that get to go on there. But you can use your own sponsors, and you can talk about your own sponsors where you couldn't do that before. That's a real plus. Well, well, the, the, the yeah, the Bass Pro Tour will actually be exactly like the tours we've been used to fishing on the Bassmasters. Uh, the Major League Fishing side, the, the four cups will be the same as they were, but now we can qualify for those through the Bass Pro Tour. And the key is there is no entry fees. So that's what I think the biggest thing that always was a hindrance to me. I, you know, I've won almost $3 million in bass tournaments. I've been in this 35 years. And every year you had to come up with $45,000 to compete the next year. And it just wasn't fair to some of the younger guys that were really good fishermen get there. And how that, you know, how do you pay for a boat, truck, and 50 grand to go fish one year? So yeah, the upper level now will be zero entry fees. And you get to that level, you'll be fishing for free as far as, you know, you're fishing for the money like everybody else. John, yeah, what team. do you think? Won't that dilute uh, your uh, your entry fees and maybe make it not worth your while fishing? Or how, how's that going to affect it? Because I don't think anyone's ever tried that before. Well, the the amount of, of money that they've put into the pot through through their sponsors and through their TV shows and stuff is as much as we've ever fished for on Bassmaster before. So. 
um, you're talking about an incredible amount of money we're already fishing for without the initial expense of, you know, the 50 grand to get there. So that's the difference. It's, this, we're seeing the benefits of, of what we do, whereas before another organization was seeing the benefits of what we do, and we never saw it. So uh, that's the difference now. We're actually having a control over what we put out there and what we get back. So that's that's where it's got to go. It's always had to go that way to be a professional sport. And so it's finally stepping that way, and that's what's so exciting for me. Yeah, the money from regular TV, the, the people that are coming in and paying the money to actually watch and advertise is, is the big difference here. You're not, and especially you're not having to come up with 50 grand right off the bat before you do anything. That's a really positive thing for, for the fishermen that are involved with this. Yeah, and it's just amazing the changes that has occurred in the other circuits. All of a sudden, they're they're put pouring all sorts of cash back into, you know, they've been pleading poverty for years, and all of a sudden they're pouring all this cash in. So it has always been there, but they just never sharing it with us. So now we're sort of making them share with everybody, and it's just it's just raising the level of the the professionalism in our sport. That's that's a real plus. And I don't care how you cut it. That'd be a lot of fun to be involved with. Something going forward, they're all brand new, and I think it's pretty exciting. They brought what is it, eight hundred hours of TV or something like that? Yeah, the big, the previous most we we experienced was sixty hours a year, and this year we will have eight hundred and fifty hours of fishing on TV through that circuit alone. And so, along with the the live shows that they're going to do, it's just going to be unprecedented coverage of bass fishing. And it's just going to be a new and different level of it. I mean, it's going to be a totally different level. We're not fishing for five fish limits anymore. We're fishing from daylight till the end. You never stop all day. So it's going to be a totally different mentality out there fishing. You can't get five big ones and take it easy and come in and get pizza anymore. You're fishing all day long. So it's going to be a pretty exciting uh, tournament series, and it's just you're just never going to know what, what's going to happen. Well, you know, you and I were talking about that a little earlier here when you had a boat switch and we had to change your insurance up, and we were talking about this. I fished nothing like you guys are doing, but we had two events out here that were run, a major league fishing style that I got a chance to fish in, and it was spectacularly fun. I enjoyed every minute of it. But the thing is, boy, that first choice you make in the morning, uh, your first stop... To, you better start catching fish then, because if you're not, somebody else usually is, and you're behind that apple <laughs> before you even get going. But it's such a fun event to do because every fish you catch counts, and 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 it doesn't have to be you know the uh, oh I only have to catch big ones. If you catch big ones, that's a bonus. But you know you just want to catch a lot of fish, which is I think for Western style guys that's a real bonus. Well, and the other thing is the conservation. We go to some of the northern lakes, and we kill a lot of big smallmouths. And not as we catch them and keep them. And it's when they release them after keeping them in a well for 12 hours or 8 hours and then trying oh, to get yeah. them back out. So now we'll be able to put those fish right back, and the, 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 the amount of mortality in tournaments will just dis- disappear in our tournaments. So that, that may, I, I know I brought in some big fish, and I know they weren't going to make it. They might have called them alive, but they weren't going to make it much longer. So now I, I don't have that guilt on my conscience anymore. We can let those fish go, and someone else can catch them. 
I'm coming through. It's going to be a fun event to watch with all the hours of TV. Hello. And I think it's going to be on, you know, more of the normal channels that everybody can pick up. So they, I, I'm pretty sure the popularity of this thing is going to run rampant for a while. Well, and, and with the high school and the college programs that are already going out, the, the interest is coming anyway. And so now this is just going to ramp it up and give it some some more oomph to it. And, yeah, it's just a good – it has to be – you have to try to make the new step. You can't just leave it the status quo because it's just – you're never going to go anywhere at that point. So these guys had enough vision to put this together. I, I say, hey, I'm I'm behind you 100%. And, and the, pretty much the 80 guys they asked – said, yeah, we're behind you, too. And these are the b- biggest names of the sport, from Kevin Van Dam to Brandon Palahniuk down. Uh, they all believe in this system. You know, it's just been fun to watch the progress uh, of our fishing industry over the years. I mean, you and I go way, 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 way back. You know, I've I'm, been I'm into the 70s when we started fishing this stuff. And, and uh, in the different various competitions that were available you know we've watched it grow and grow and grow to this point this is a brand new start it's like something just happened over again and it's going to leave open spots for other other fishermen to jump into other pieces of the fishing community like the flw or bass that couldn't get in are now are going to be available to some of these young guys and and then ongoing they're going to take people out of the uh, flw and put another I mean, other events and put them into the new events that that uh, are, are huge opportunities for for these young guys coming up. Yeah, and that's the beauty. That's our goal is to make everything better. Everybody on this tour you know, has they're, a vision they're, uh, of making the whole sport better. All these young guys that are out there trying to get in and didn't have a chance to get into like FLW or, or the uh, – uh, BASS event and now that didn't make it into the top for the uh, this new event that they've got. There's going to be some new spaces to fill. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, should be good. All right, hey, John. Uh, do you ever envision, especially with his ties out here in the West Coast? John, uh, are you? Talk to John. Or are you there, John? I, I definitely see myself coming back. I, you know what? I think tournament. everybody dropped off because I can hear you, but I can't hear John or John. No. Oh, well, well, we're going to have to find out what happened here. We had a little malfunction in the box. Every once in a while that happens with live radio. Hey, here. We can hear everybody but, uh, right now. When, oh, when here we, we go. I hear you, John. All right. I hear everybody. Hey. Sounded like we dropped. Hey, John. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was just saying that it leaves an opportunity with the, the new uh, events that are starting for other people to come up behind that couldn't get. Are you there, John? I am. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I was, well, anyhow, we're we're kind of running over. We had a little drop in the box there, but uh, there's opportunity now for young guys to come up that we haven't seen them for years to get involved with the FLW and BASS was as this new group of 80 move forward, it, 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 there's an opportunity for new kids to come in or new guys to get in. Yeah. That's the beauty of the sport is getting those younger guys up and, and, and providing new opportunities. I can it hear is, you. Otto. It's really fun. 
Well, as we go forward here, yeah, I know you got a new boat and, uh, and you're, you're running a new Mercury four-stroke. That's actually been your favorite motor to run, I know, for the last little bit. Everybody's been running the two-stroke motors. In California, you've got to have a four-stroke. Now I think that's all that Mercury's running. Yeah, there is no two-stroke. You know what, thing, though? Gosh. You know, I love Yamaha four-strokes <laughs> or Mercury four-strokes. It, it, it's such, it makes such a difference because, you know, with those two-stroke motors, it's, it's so loud. And with the four-strokes... It's not so loud. Although the engines are a little heavier, I just love the peace and quiet when you're running down the, <laughs> the well, lake, makes, you know? It makes dollars and cents, too, because you're not having, a, you know, $100 for two gallons of, of Optimax right. or oil to run run your motor. And, and it, that's a lot of money that you have to keep throwing into the, the boat to keep it running, whereas these new four-strokes, you know, you put your gas in, you go run, and, and they get better mileage, they're quieter, and they last like everything else. The new technology has made them even better and better and better. The show, which is the Yamaha, is a great motor, fun, fun, fun motor to run. I've, I, I got a chance to ride ride around in the new Skeeter and the new uh, show, and that's a great, great combo. And the Mercury's I mean, I've been running fishing for Mercury for years, and I love their motors. And those new four-stroke Mercury's are just incredibly great. So, you I know, agree. The, the industry keeps the industry just keeps changing. I know Suzuki's gotten into the program now. Um, I think they picked up uh, Dean Rojas, and, uh, and oh, I, I didn't think, know that. Yeah, Dean Rojas switched from Yamaha. Uh, he had an opportunity. There were some things came up, and. and and uh, he no longer fishes for Skeeter. He now runs a, uh, I think it's a Charger, the new, which is the old champion that uh, they picked up. And oh, made. He runs a Blazer. The old champion and, uh, was awesome. It's a heavier boat. It rides really nice through the water. Oh, yeah. So, if yeah, if it's that same hull and, and same style boat, yeah, that'd be awesome. But, you know, when, so it, I, comes, when it comes to those two-stroke versus the four-stroke, you know that four stroke it's amazing and and I love it and I I love the new technology and uh you know I just I just can't wait to see what the future holds for us as far as um motors and go as and, and electronics go in in the bass fishing industry I mean it, it's amazing Well look at what we were just talking about when when we have John was talking about the new technology for forward uh, scanning sonar that you can actually see what's in front of you. They're casting to the fish that they can see, and you can see the fish actually move to a bait. Um, yeah, that's that, cheating. Yeah, it's really changing. When you've got a trolling motor that you can tap and it anchors your boat in the spot, so you can, if 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 you were even in running water, you could go, all right, I, to really fish this the right way, I've got to get above it. And and instead of running a regular anchor, you hit the a button. Your trolling motor holds you in spot. You can fish off the back of your boat and never have to worry about whether in your you're in the right spot. I mean, John. Does and Murray that mean and I, you don't need power poles? That pretty much the power poles may be something if you're in running water and it's shallow and you want to bed fish. That's one thing. But you know, and if you you had your trolling motor up close to a bed fish and you it was moving back and forth like these things do you wouldn't necessarily want that while you're trying to catch bedfish but for every other style of fishing uh, john and i grew up in an arena for our style of fishing that is almost cheating <laughs> just just having the 
the trolling motor that'll hold you in a location right. so you don't have to step on it back and forth and move your body around in the wind. You can anchor the boat in the wind with your trolling motor, fish it the right way, not have to strain your, your body turning one way or the other. And it really has changed the game, that part alone. But the new electronics where you can actually see in front of you and see what you're fishing, throw to fish. I mean, the combinations that are out That's there right amazing. now have improved. Oh, just 10 times what they have in the last 10 years. It's pretty wow. amazing stuff. The technology of the boats, the technology of the motors, the technology of the electronics, everything has stepped up our game to where yeah, now yeah. if you have the money you and you're new coming in, you actually can have an edge against the old guys with the knowledge. And that's right, you know, because the new kids, they're technology savvy, where us old farts aren't. And so they've got an advantage over us because, you know, they understand all this electronics. They understand how to, manip how to manipulate whatever, you know, the electronics are on their boat, where us, we're going to have to sit down and learn by error and read our books. <laughs> well, and, and especially with the electronics. Electronics have changed so much where you've got, I mean, I'm a Navionics freak. I love to have that, the chart that you can go over where they have so much information given by all of the people that are using it on any given lake. You have information that's available if you just know how to figure it out. That's never yeah. been there before. And then with the, the electronics, that forward scan, side scanning uh, information that the boats that travel that out of San Diego, the sport boats for tuna, uh, whatever else, those guys all use that technology. It's just come into the bass fishing arena, and now it's really changing our sport. It is. Hey guys, it, you know, we're like gonna, John we're said, gonna have to let it, you know, it's we're gonna cheating. have to let Joe and John go right now. John, can we catch up with you uh, when uh, MLF uh, really starts going to get your uh, impressions on? Is it working out as well as you thought it was going to? That sounds good, John. I appreciate it. That'll be fun. Call me anytime. Hey, we'd like to pardon pardon some of the glitches we were having tonight, but we're trying to get over them. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Look forward to the next time we get a chance to chat. All right. Thank you. Right. Thank you, John. Right. Hey, you're listening to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Woody and I, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up next, Wayne Cotto, the executive director for the CCA of California. Talk. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? With, uh... It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866, so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. 
Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, welcome back to Ron Real Radio. And we want to remind you, this segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can release fish back to the depth that they came from safely that are suffering from barotrauma with the Rock Lease Fish Release System. Look for the Rock Lease at your local tackle dealer. I know. Oh, why is it quiet? There we go. There we go. Hey, welcome back to Ron Real Radio. Well, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're trying to uh, grapple with new technology here. And right now, <laughs> the new technology is up three to nothing. So uh, <laughs> we're going to work through this, guys. You know, and our attempt to uh, improve the show, it seems like we can't get much farther than taking that old tin can and stretching it out at the end of a string and making it work. But we'll get <laughs> this down before it's over. Hey, uh, Stan and Wendy, great job with John Murray. I appreciate you you taking over the conversation and, and talking with him uh, while uh, I was in. Uh, <laughs> while you were lost in the box. I was in the audio dungeon, that's for sure. Well, you know, that's called being lost in the box. And we've had lost in the box for, for over the over the 20 some odd years we've yeah, been doing. For 20 this. plus years, Stan and yeah. I have been doing radio. We, we got it. We've been lost in the box more than once. Hey, what we're trying to do is we're trying to come over on Skype. And, and Wendy, as we're speaking, I can see this great picture of you. So. Uh, don't start undressing or anything like that <laughs> we're on the radio, okay? <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll try not to. <laughs> do we have our next guest on? All right. Hey, you know, there's a lot of things happening with the CCA out here, not only in Southern California, but throughout the state of California. And we thought we'd bring the California director on, Mr. Wayne Cotto, to update us on some of the things we should know. Wayne, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, you Wayne. Good, you Wayne. sound good. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you guys have a little uh, technical difficulties these night, tonight. <laughs> well, you know, we're using new technology, and none of us are used to new technology. <laughs> we're old technology, and we're yeah, trying new say. technology, and we suck at it. <laughs> Wayne, I'm the technical difficulty, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wayne, we wanted to catch up. There is a big event happening down here in San Diego that all the fishermen should need to know about that's going to benefit the CCA. Can you give us a little insight on that? Yeah, we have a, uh, the San Diego chapter is having their annual banquet. It's going to be at the Hub SeaWorld Research Institute in Mission Bay, and that's also where the hatchery is. So not only are we having our banquet, we're going to have the live band and the, and the live and silent auction and the target raffle and all the fun and the food and the drink, but we're giving hatchery tours too. 
So you get Ooh. to go see our you great know, fish, if, right? If nobody's ever been to that fat, to the hatchery, that is a wonderful place to go see what really is getting done for our fisheries. That is a, a wonderful, wonderful place. Yeah, and if you haven't been there in a while, before it was just the uh, white sea bass, but now we've got halibut in brood stock, and they've got yellowtail right. in the tank too. So you want to see I some massive babies. fish? Yes, our, and our and our and our. Uh, uh, Halibut have had head babies, <laughs> and we're getting ready to start uh, the next round of broodstock trips. So a lot of things going on with uh, CCA Cal. This is uh, next Saturday, 1 to 5 p.m. at the Hub SeaWorld Research Institute uh, in, in Mission Bay, right across from Dana Landing uh, Field Dock and Market. Wow. You know, that's going to be a good event. Uh, can you give us some particulars? Can we buy tickets ahead of time? Uh, can uh, companies buy tables? Uh, how, how's this going to go about, Wayne? So right now, you can go up on Eventbrite and find the event, the uh, San Diego, uh, CCA Cal San Diego chapter event. Or you can go up to our website. You can look us up on Facebook events, and all of them have links over to the Eventbrite site. The tickets are $50. Uh, tables are $500 uh, for a table of $10. Um, you can, uh, there's, there's tickets left and there's tables left. Not many, but there's a few left. We were over at the uh, Tackle Days yesterday, and they were selling more tickets. Haven't gotten the latest update, but there's a few left. Uh, I would not wait to go will call at the door because I only have so much room inside the auditorium to be able to sit people down. But it, it's going to be a great event, guys. We have like $15,000 worth of, of uh, prizes to, to auction or raffle off. So it's going to wow. be a lot of fun. You know, on top of, you know, I mean, our biggest push right now is the way we're all going to succeed is sustainability through partnerships. And our partnerships with Hub SeaWorld Research Institute is one of our bigger ones because of the hatchery program and the grow-out tens. Our partnerships with people like you with the Rod and Reel Radio, Wendy with Iserline, Stan, Okuma, AFCO, Fred Hall Show. I mean, it's endless. The industry is getting together, and we are all pulling in the same direction now. DCA was the glue or is the glue that has pulled together all of the different groups, the boating industry with NMMA, ASA with the tackle manufacturers, IGFA with the record keeping, Congressional Sports Fishing, uh, Sports Fishing Policy up in Washington. I mean, it is just, it's, it's, it's a groundswell. It's, it's a nice change of pace. And you want to know how, how I know it's working? We were just at the Pacific Fisheries Management Council today fighting for our live bait fishery. Okay? Our, our environmental groups are claiming that our sardine are at a record a level of towards extinction, and they were cutting us off, claiming that we were going to kill the species. Now, lots of things in play here. One, I don't agree with the stock assessment, or a lot of us don't agree with the stock assessment right. because they, the NOAA cannot come into the inshore waters inside of state waters, which is three miles within the three miles. We know that there's fish there. So we're trying right. different methods, but until those methods get approved out, they can't, uh, they can't use them in the stock assessment. So here it is. We already know we have questionable stock status. We know this because we had the same issues about three or four years ago with the anchovy when they claim it right. was an extinct status. And this was from, from the same basic stock assessment strategy. Did they learn anything? No. In 2017, no. when they did the restock assessment, it went from 15,000 to 350,000 metric tons. And did they come back and apologize to us for the mistake they made? No. So we went in there today between us and SAC, San Pedro Bait Company, Everingham Brothers, um, uh, 
the wet fish producers, you name it, we all got together. We went and testified. The council voted in our favor to make an amendment to exclude, uh, not exclude us, but to give them the leniency to be able to listen to the, the management team and make adjustments for the live bait fishery. So we got a, like, a stay of execution at this point. It was a big win for us today. That's great. That's yeah. absolutely great. Right. You know, I mean, Wayne, uh, I, I think the success that you're seeing and not only bringing the sponsors together uh, is happening because people are actually seeing something get done as everyone unites together to take these issues on. It's, it, it's a, it, it's, it was a big challenge for you when you took over and you're slowly winning the hearts and minds of a lot of the sponsors that you need to work on these projects. Yeah, I, and, I, and I hope that's true. I hope that, that people are starting to understand that we are getting the wins. We're only a little over three and a half years old. I mean, we're in our infancy as a company, yet we've already got people on Pacific Fisheries Management Council. We've gotten people in the committees. We've got people on NOAA's uh, advisory committees in MAFAC and the MPAFAC. We've gotten inroads on the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the Fishing Game Commission, uh, the Coastal Commission, OCM the San Diego Port Authority. You name it. We're making strides and relationships and networking. We just got that drift gillnet uh, legislation passed in California. United Angels Southern California has been working on that legislation for 30 years, and they went under fighting for our MPA rights. In three and a half years, we were able to accomplish that. You know, that's huge for us. We're doing you know, it's really in- huge for CCA, and, and what, what our listeners need to realize is that we're here for them. We're here for the anglers. I'm a state board member of, of CCA. Wayne's our executive director. And we need every single angler to join our organization to help us out. We want to promote fishing. We want to promote access. We want to promote artificial reefs. We want to promote everything so that we can fish in California waters. You know, it goes past because I'm on the direct. I'm one of the board of directors, also with CCA for the LA uh, board. And, and it goes past. It's not just saltwater, guys. If you're a freshwater fisherman and you understand, hey, people are coming after our sport. It's time to cowboy up. It doesn't. It's not going to cost you a, a lot of money. It's like two crankbaits in the in the store. Right. Be a part of of the organization that is backing us in every aspect of this. The lead band thing, we won. And now, I mean, these things going for forward, now. Make a big difference. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and the hey, keep coming, guys. You've got keep the, the big the, event the, happening wait. in San Diego today at, uh, or coming up this week at Hub SeaWorld. Uh, give us again the contact on where fishermen that want to participate in that that can get off and attend this thing and get that great tour. How do they get involved in that? All right. So it's Saturday, November 10th. It's 1 to 5 p.m. Hub Sea World Research Institute, Mission Bay. Uh, you can buy your tickets at CCA of Cal SD 2018 on Eventbrite. All right. Hey, Wayne, I'm sorry we kind of had to short sheet you on this uh, segment with some of the problems we're having, but I think we're on track right now. But I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming aboard with us and telling us about this event. And we need to get you on again to talk about some of these other issues because. 
there's questions on both sides that <coughs> need to be answered, and you're the guy that has the answers. No problem. Anytime, John. Hey, and just by the way, there's a there's a, uh, a fish coming in tomorrow morning uh, down at the uh, Point Loma Dock. The American Angler's coming in. I hear there's a fish, a bluefin tuna, pushing almost 400 pounds coming in. Woo! Oh, God. Got to go down in the morning to go see it. <laughs> nice. I, I, uh, that's that's going to be one of the largest ones we've seen yet. So good news on the on the fishing front. Wow. Wayne Cotto, he is the uh, California Executive Director for the CCA. Wayne, thanks for being with us. No problem. Thank guys. Thanks, Wayne. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. Wayne just told us about a big fish coming in, but we're going to have a fisherman on that caught not only a really big fish, but his entire team that he was fishing with. Man, did they make out well. Let's hear their story. On the winner from the winner of the 2019 Bisbee tournament. But we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with a brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters. The PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger bone crushing drag quantum fishing we are performance tuned check them out at anglers arsenal in la mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355 attention rod and reel radio listeners be sure to check out the code group mobile app you can listen to the rod and reel radio show live along with show archives without internet access the code group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen, including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words Code Group in the App Store on your smartphone. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. Dan, Mindy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. I can't tell you how pleased I am to have this next guest on. 
he was on the team that was the winning team for the 2018 Bisbee tournament down at the East Cape. And boy, does he have a story to tell us about. Let me introduce our listening audience here in Southern California to Mr. Charles Lee. Charles, welcome to the radio show. Thank you for having me. How are you? Hey, you are we are good. And you are we're better. Doing great now. And Charles, <laughs> before, before we get into what happened to you last week, can we get a little background about you, about you and fishing the Bisbee and how you got involved? Oh, it's uh, me and a couple of buddies. Um, we just loved fishing from years ago. And we got into a tuna fishing. Um, we started charting boats and um, really started loving tuna fishing because we were able to catch some big tuna in Southern Cal. Um, and uh, we met this great captain, and we started dreaming. of. Um, he told us about this tournament called Bisbee, which is the biggest jackpot tournament in the world. And we started dreaming about it. And um, uh, this crazy guy, one of our friends, um, made it happen. We got a boat, um, and we got the team together, and um, we started fishing last year at the Bisbee, and um, for the first year, um, for competing first year, we did great. Um, we almost won uh, the daily. We caught, a, in fact, the biggest blue marlin, which was 442 pounds. Um, we were um, going first place to the second day, um, but we ended up losing by um, 14 or 16 pounds. Yes. Um, so our check became from a, like a million dollar to a $7,000 check. just by 14 pounds last year. Uh, but we still ended up fifth place, and um, we had high hopes again. Uh, so we came back, and uh, for all the right reasons, um, all the jackpot, daily jackpots, um, doubled and tripled down to the last day. And uh, we ended up taking that big jackpot. So um, they say it was the second largest jackpot in the history of sports fishing. So I guess that means something. <laughs> that means well, a whole you know, lot. You know, last year we talked to Evan Salve, who was the captain. He's a he's one a client of mine. We insure his boats and, and – uh, and he's become friend. He's actually second ticket to another guy, Mike Arujo, who is my fishing partner. And mm-hmm. uh, and so it's kind of like a family deal here with, with Evan last year where you almost had it. We talked to him on the radio, and he, he captained your boat this year. Um, did you guys fish in the same arena? How did you, you approach the fishing that you were doing this year? Oh, no. Evan was, as we talked about from years ago when we started tuna fishing, Evan was a, a guy who took us tuna fishing. Um, he was the captain of the um, charter boat that we first started going in. He got us to believe that, I mean, he has something. You know, this, this he was a young guy, but he, he was uh, like, we consider him like a tuna guru, tuna god, you know. So um, not just him, we had a local captain, Martin. I mean, he's like a legend down there in Cabo. So we had two great captains. I mean, Captain... Um, Evan and we had great local help from Martin. So, um, you know, when you have a great guys together, we have the loudest speaker on my, on our boat of all the teams. So we're having fun out there. And, uh, I guess that's how <laughs> luck, <laughs> luck kind of falls upon if you, you know, enjoy it with the right people. So, well, Charles, you know, last year 
you had a big disappointment. You thought you had the big fish. True Grit yeah. actually uh-huh. came in and beat you out. But, you know, yeah. you guys, you were bound to determine. You were going to go out there again. You pre-fished. You had some good signs. But all of a sudden, Hurricane came up. And like oh, the fishermen yeah. at the U.S. Open saw, uh, the first part of the tournament kind of got blown out. What were mm-hmm. you guys thinking as you were sitting there on the shoreline uh, watching the hurricane go by. Yeah, I mean, it was tough first day. I mean, we were, like, it was one of the uh, toughest can be, you know, toughest can be where you're allowed to fish, I think. And, um, you know, so there was nothing much on the first day. There was one one qualifier that came in, but he didn't bet, so um, bet across, so the daily carried over. And second day, they, had a, they caught a big fish, but they ended up running under a propeller. So uh, any um, any cut on the fish, big cuts on the fish, uh, mutilation is disqualification. So they got disqualified. Uh, the both teams was called karma. Uh, so that the second day carried over to the third day as well. And yeah. Oh really? Um, so kar- karma, karma yeah. had the big fish, but they had the one that was cut on the propeller. That's the uh, uh, Bobby Big Fish and and his dad. Yeah, that was a uh, big fish, was, uh-huh. right? Yes, Team Karma, the Karma, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, now I mean, tell uh, Charles. In the uh-huh. past, you had fished with marlin lures, and you'd been trolling and everything else like that. And you oh, guys yes. felt like you had to do something different. You only had one day to fish to get mm-hmm. that big fish. Tell us mm-hmm. what adjustment you made in your techniques. So. Um, I mean, we are, you know, to, to make things worse when we had one, only one day to work, we wanted to go with live bait um, to catch big marlin. Um, but our, like, second day, second day of the tournament, we were having problems with our generator um, running our tuna tube, so we couldn't run our prog- program on the second day. So third day, um, we, the se- end of the se- after the second day was over, we, you know, got some work done on the boat, got the generators working. And we had a little time in the morning to try to catch tuna, um, well, Jack Skipper, to use it as a live bait. And if that we weren't going to catch um, too many or a good live bait, we were going to go with uh, lures. And um, so we kind of left it at the luck. Um, if we get some good bait, we'll go with it. Um, but if not, we'll go with the lures. Um, but we were not going to waste our time trying to catch bait half a day and then that so but luckily in the, like before the tournament started and then like early in the morning we were able to get some good healthy um jumping skipjacks so uh we used those as a live bait and um that was the ticket i guess well the the other thing that i understand is you guys also decided to size down the leaders a little bit oh and my god yeah, up we, doing we didn't that. Talk, i didn't talk about this um yeah um you know I, i'm not I don't know why, but it was it was caught on the um, the leader that was only about 220 pound line, and it was a 510 pound tuna. So we wanted to make sure that we took it really easy. I mean, we were we didn't know it was 510 until it jumped out of the water. Then we knew we had a we had a big fight, and then it was like a dinosaur in the water. So uh, with the leader line that we had, we took it really easy. And that's why it took us almost two hours to bring it in. Um, 
But when we brought the fish in, <laughs> when we looked at the leader, it was actually there was a part that was like uh, more than halfway cut. So oh. any like or tuggle or more, one more two tuggles, it would have just ripped for sure. So I mean, it's you know it's unbelievable. I mean, all the luck has to kind of come together for this to happen and uh, to be part of it. It's it's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> That's like fishing any big fish, whether it's big tuna and you're you're on the boat down at you know, the islands down below or the hurricane bank or or even out here now on these big bluefin. Everything has to work the right way for you to get that fish. There's always that that one situation that pops up and the fish pops off, comes unbuttoned, whatever the thing is. So just having uh, probably the fact that you were nursing the fish in was the best thing you could do. I think so. We truly, all of us truly believe so. So, I mean, you know, God was on our side on that one too. So we, you know, I'll everything kind of, yeah, everything well, kind of worked all in harmony. And, um, yeah. Well, Charlie, you, you, your team, uh, Chiquita Bonita, you, you had to show an incredible amount of patience because now you're trolling live bait. You're trolling mm-hmm. it on a lighter leader, and mm-hmm. that's not the way you troll lures. You took a completely different uh, approach on this. Uh, uh, who came up with this game plan? Oh, um, our, uh, our team leader and the boat owner, um, David Son, um, always discussed with, um, you know, local expert Martin and our captain, um, you know, our, our captain Evan, and... Uh, we kind of, kind of always, it's, you know, night before fishing, we get together and we have a meeting to talk about it. Um, and that's, that's how, uh, I guess, we come up with uh, fishing our plan every year and every time. And it, it seems it's working pretty well because um, our team, Chinto Bonito, is also in a, we were just in a tournament, tuna tournament in Cabo, a Pelagic um, Rockstar Day, uh, our tuna tournament, and we just, Kind of swept swept that tournament as well. We won two dailies and we won overall first place just now. Uh, so really, our team, you won the, yes, you our won the, is, the uh, Pelagic tournament too. Yes, our team won. Our team, the Bonito team won. Davis is on. Davis on. Evans are out there. Um, uh, there, we're just kind of taking it all in, and you know, we're going with it. <laughs> wow, you. that is fantastic. Hey, get so how high. much did you win in the in the in the Pelagic tournament? Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. The entry fee is not like Bisbee's, but there's more, um, more teams, I think. So sure, I think, I, I think, like over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I think. <laughs> wow. Not bad. Cool. Well, not bad at Tell all. Us, getting back to the this uh, uh, marlin that you caught, uh, mm-hmm. you were at on the stick that it got bit. Was there something different that you did? Uh, what was the size of the bait that you were fishing, and and how did you have to go about making sure that you had it hooked up properly? Oh, uh, the hooking up part, um, we have we have our guy, uh, Mr. Sam Long, um, and this was really weird because we were like all expecting the the loud, crazy sound of the reel when it gets bit, bit by a big marlin, like screaming sound. And that's like the best sound uh, Marlin Fisher hopes for. But this was like a very gentle bite. And we weren't even sure if this was a fish at first. 
and then we knew it was a bite, but we weren't sure if it was like a big fish or a small fish because it, was, it took it really gentle. They took it by little by little. And then um, Sam just made a right choice and took the fit just at the right time. And we knew, like, everyone know, knew that, okay, you know, this probably might not be a big fish, but still we have a light line. So, you know, let's bring it in, take our time, you know, let's do it the right way. So, and once it jumped out of the water and all of us just looked at each other in the eye and just, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm an Asian Asian guy with small eyes, but, you know, at that time when we looked at the fish jump, you know, <laughs> it, it was amazing. <laughs> now, how long did it take you uh, to bring this fish in? And were you on the rod the whole time or do you have the opportunity to pass it on to other team members? Um, I did have the opportunity to pass on to the other team members, but, you know, since it was a light line, it was, a, you know, it was a very important. So I think we're taking the most chance when we switch the anglers. So we didn't, we wanted to kind of take that part of the way. So I kind of um, stuck with it. I mean, the two hour fight is, it's, it's tough, but, you know, your adrenaline running and especially it's a, it's a light leader. So, it wasn't the muscle that, you know, it wasn't too much of a muscle fight. And so, two hours, two hours is about average for a big fish on a big tuna. If you're, if you're on the rail on these big, big dudes that are out there, 200 pounders right now, two hours is, mm -hmm. uh, is about a standard uh, fighting time. That's not outside the box. So I get that, especially on a lighter line, that's just, easing the fish in especially when you got 500 pounds of fish on the end line that's it, you know that's you got to work really with the captain working with the boat that that's i think that's the key you know boat has to go yeah. back and forth you know that's the captain and uh lineman and then the fish angler kind of has to work together that's the uh, only way yeah you know the it it seems like the times that i've been out marlin fishing the one i get bit on for the biggest mm -hmm. fish is the rod and reel I least want to get bit on. Oh and yes, yes. yes. <laughs> now tell me, what was what was the setup that you got bit on here? Um it was you know, I actually I don't have the technicals on the on the rod and the reel. Um, but we had some I don't have the size of the reel on my you know, I can't think of it on top of my head. So um Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So was it, did you cast to the, the fish that you saw or were you trolling? What did he bite? They were and... trolling skippy. We were oh, okay. very slow trolling, but it was one of the, um, it was one of the, the jack skippers that we caught in the morning. And uh, oh, okay. I guess that one survived all the way from the morning. Um, wow. And it was the one, yeah. All right. Hey, Charles, we've got to take a break right now. Can I ask you to stay on for a little bit longer as we talk about your adventure down at the East Cape in uh, this year's Bisbee event? Sure. It was actually in Cabo. Oh, it was in Cabo. Cabo, Los Cabo, yeah. All right. Great. Hey, I'm glad you set that straight on, on us. It's the, I think, the tuna event. That's the one that's Los at, Cabo's uh, tuna challenge. The East, the East Cape right now, is it not? Um, I'm not sure about the East Cape tournament, but there's a tuna tournament, Pilat by Pelagic, that's in Cabo still. Okay. The new one, the new Pelagic tournament, it was in Cabo San Lucas. The, the 
Tuna Challenge is this this coming weekend. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, it's probably more important that these guys know where it is than I do. So, <laughs> hey guys, we're going to take a break right now. We're speaking with Charles Lee. He is uh, he was instrumental in catching the largest fish in the 2018 Bisbee tournament. Uh, stay tuned. There's still more to come on Rod and Reel Radio. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn. Nobody treats you better. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn Jr. For years, my dad said it so often. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford, and nobody treats you better. And that's so true. Now I am proud to join the El Cajon Ford team because with them, it's all about family. They treat you right. You're part of our family at El Cajon Ford. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you at Broadway in East Main and ElCajonFord.com. Dan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Our special guest this hour is Charles Lee. And Charles was instrumental in catching the largest fish in this year's Cabo Bisbee tournament. And boy, has he been telling us a story because this indeed was the fish of a lifetime. And Charles, we want to congratulate you from all of Southern California for a job well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I, it took you that long to, to get the fish in, and you finally decided to go to the scales, mm-hmm. and you had to pass your nemesis from last year, True Grit. <laughs> and tell uh-huh. us that story of what happened. Oh, um, you know, it, it's, you got to be humble out there. I mean, we have the loudest speakers, and we play the loudest music, but... You know, you're there with the 115 this year because of the storm, but usually 150 of the best fishing teams and boats in the world. And 
I mean, everyone out there has the skills to catch him. Um, you know, luck. A lot of it has to do with luck. So we just try to be humble, you know, and we didn't want the same thing to happen. Like, because that, that was still not the end of the day. We brought it in early. Um, we caught. We brought it in about uh, two o'clock, two p.m. So there was a lot of time left for other boats to bring in their fish. So, um, and we kind of experienced that bad feeling. So we kind of went back. We, you know, we enjoyed our, you know, walk of fame and then the weigh in everything. But you know, we went after that. We went back to our hotels and kind of uh, waited till when all the time was all up. <laughs> Instead of celebrating at the bar, waiting for other boats to come in, um, that that we experienced a bad feeling last year. So, you know, we kind of um, you know with all fish tournaments that we think we've got the big fish in the back big bag, and it always seems uh, like more times than not, there's someone out there that that you know uh, passes us up. But you you had a great fish, but last year's winner, True Grit. As I understand it, according to uh, uh, Captain uh, Salve, uh, as you were passing them, you noticed they got hooked up again, too. Oh, yes. I mean, it was, it was the same team. I mean, that, that was kind of a funny story because it was the same team after we weighed in that, that we heard on the radio that True Grit is hooked up. So <laughs> that's why, you know, it was like a, more of a kind of, a, you know, shock and at the same time, we're like, okay. And this was a little bigger than last year. It was a blue blue marlin, and it has 442. You know, other any other year that could have been a winner for daily. So we had a high hopes, but didn't happen. So you know, this year with the hearing on the radio after the weigh-in that they're hooked up with a few hours left, that was kind of um, you know. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go into what the uh, the figure of the total purse was that you guys uh, uh, picked up. Uh, it's uh, it's astronomical. But tell me, do you get together ahead of time and figure out, you know, what the cut's going to be for the team? Uh, you know, you got 114 teams fishing this event, and you got to be pretty confident that uh, you're going to do well. So. Do you get together ahead of time, have a team meeting, and go, hey, guys, if we're successful, this is what the cut's going to be? How, how do you determine that? Oh, yeah, you just kind of have a meeting before. You know, there's, like, there's team owners, uh, team members, and uh, kind of get together. And, you know, I, I can't go into details on that, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that we go in before before we go into the tournament. We know exactly um, what what the cuts are, what you know how how the breakdown is going to be. But we never knew how big it would be this year. So. <laughs> there's some well, uh, there's definitely some bonuses here and there, you know. But and, and basically, we knew going in there that we were going to win something, and you know, we knew our cuts. Now. You come in, you have this tremendous marlin, you weigh it mm -hmm. in, and mm -hmm. what happened to this fish? Because I think the story about what happens to the fish afterwards is almost as good as the story as you catching the fish. Right. I mean, that was one of the reasons we wanted to be part of this Bisbee, um, because Mr. Bisbee, um, who found this tournament, um, 
a great man. He passed away this year, but um, he was a legendary man back there. And and they do a lot of great things. Not just you know, there's a lot of like when I you know post the fish that I catch up on the internet or something. There's always people who talk about why do you have to kill the fish. But there's um, we do better things with fish than just kill it. Um, we make sure there's qualifying weight is 300. So anything under 300, we don't kill. Anything under 300 uh, pounds, we bring it in. Then you get um, penalty, penalized heavily. And uh, all those, all the big fish that we catch, um, it's fed to a lot of the poor kids in Mexico, Cabo, and other um, organizations like um, Battered Woman, um, a woman's organization. Um, they do a lot of things. I, I believe they. Um, had more than 7,000 uh, meals this year. Um, and I, I think I might be wrong on the numbers, probably more. Um, and it's not just that they, um, there's a lot of the entrance being high, but they do so many great things. Uh, they support um, marine biology students, um, and they uh, save rhinos in Africa. So a lot of uh, the tournament fund goes to great cause and the fish that goes to feed the children in need. So, and I was honored to be part of this Disney tournament. And I thank the uh, Disney. You know, I, I know the money is significant and it's nice winning the money, but there's probably a lot more to receiving the accolades of all the contestants in that event that you competed against. Everyone knew how tough it was. And them appreciating the job that you did to bring in the fish that you got. Yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling because um, we're all out there, and we all know how hard it was. And you know, there, I, mean, I mean, we get when we lose, you know, we do get jealous. But at the same time, we know how hard uh, the fishermen work, so we're happy for them. And to get that um, from the other competitors and the local people, and um, and then the Disney tournament people, it was, it, was, um, it was a very great feeling that I, you know, otherwise would not have felt. Well, you know, your, um, your, your skipper, Evan Salve, Captain Evan Salve, he's quoted as saying that uh, you guys were just a small player in a big field and it was just so humbling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure you guys all felt like that. Oh, yes. I mean, there are people who've been fishing the Bisbees for 30 years, 30, 40 years. And, um, I mean, you hear these millions and millions of dollars of boat, you see it. Um, there's kind of a, a lot of times you, you do see kind of a, not real people. <laughs> you consider there's a lot of uh, big names, big fish, uh, I mean, big boats, a lot of money. Um, but and it's, it's humbling you know, feeling when you go in there, and especially when it's the greatest feeling, it's the hum most humble feeling is when the when the tournament actually starts, when the, all the boats, 115 boats, take off at the at the you know at eight o'clock in the morning, and that is one of the greatest experience experiences that you know of the busy as well. Yeah, if you've never been to a, a marlin tournament or been involved with one, if you're at one of the boats that uh, is in that, and when they do the countdown. And oh. they shoot the flare or say go. Having that many boats with that much money on the line with that many people involved is one of the most invigorating, fun things you'll ever be involved with. Yes, it is. Well, 
Charles, are you strictly a tournament fisherman now? I know you live in San Diego. Uh, or do you hop aboard the boats out of the fleet down here or up north and go out occasionally for some of them smaller blue fins that we're getting, like, you know, the, the two and 300 pound uh, dinks? <laughs> well, if you call that small, um, but I, I, I do all kinds of fishing. I, I actually live in Irvine. But uh, my buddy, our team, boat Chinito, um, it's, it's usually in the summertime, it's in San Diego. So that's where we fish out of. Um, we go to either San, Diego, uh, San Clemente or, you know, go to Mexico to go tuna fishing. Um, but, in the, in, you know, that's only a few times a year. Um, other times I, I go bass fishing, I go kayak fishing, you know, bay, Newport Bay fishing, uh, Dana Point fishing. I just love fishing. But... Getting in, more involved in this sport fishing, um, I think we're doing very successful. So, you know, I, I'm just kind of going with it. I'll be in Cabo um, on Wednesday. There's another tuna tournament that's coming up um, next week. I'll be on that. So, um, yeah, I wasn't a you know all-on fisherman, tournament fisherman, but it's kind of a uh, I'm looking You've forward evolved to it. into that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Charles, I've got to ask you the question that's kind of the elephant in the room. You had Mm -hmm. a tremendous purse that you won. How did you successfully get those funds from where they were to where you are? I have no idea. I hope hope that's not too personal a question, because obviously you're not taking it home in suitcases. No, no, it's, you know, it is Mexico. You know, you don't want <laughs> to do with that. But that part, I really, you know, it hasn't even been decided. Or, you know, they're trying to still figure it out. So we have, actually, in actuality, I'm buying everybody dinner and drinks, but I haven't seen a penny of it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to imagine that if you're going back down to Cabo San Lucas next week, that might be something that you're probably going to look into. Yes, I mean, you know, it's, not, it's something that we, we don't want to rush, you know, when we do it right. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's a high notoriety type of thing. It, it's like one of these uh, individuals that win the Mega Millions jackpot. Uh, you know, yeah, you win a, a number, but after you see what you net, it's not quite mm-hmm. as big a number as what you got. I, and I hope you guys can maximize that to, your, to all your benefits. Well, you know, after all that stuff, I'm, yeah. It's not like what people would think it would be at all. <laughs> so so yeah. now, now, are you going you gonna to take the year off, or are you planning uh, to go again next year? Are you going to try and make it a, uh, a repeat? Oh, it's every year. Uh, we love the Bisbees. We love the whole experience. Win or lose, great people, great fishermen. Um, it's just the whole experience is, is great. So, I mean, we're in it. We're part of the Bisbee, um, part of the Bisbee history, um, and we'll be part of it every year. Well, Charles, it sounds like you are a major part of Bisbee history, you and the team, and we want to give a big shout-out to um, – Salve Pacific sportsmen uh, at the Fisherman's Landing over there because that's where 
uh, Captain Salovey runs out of and uh, where we know him from. And uh, Stan, it looks like we might have to get a hold of him and uh, find out uh, uh, what he's been doing. Let's try and do that next well, week if, if we can. All in, next I, two weeks. I, I talked to him this week. He said he was going to be involved with the uh, pelagic tournament that was going on. And I didn't know if he was fishing the the uh, Cabo Challenge, but apparently he is. <laughs> Maybe he can go three for three. That would be something. Um, but either way, I'll get a hold of him. We can always get a you – know, hopefully we'll, he'll be uh, able to be contacted next Sunday evening. We'll see if we can set that up. All right. Hey, Charles, I want to thank you so much and congratulate you on behalf of everyone in Southern California here for doing such a great job. Uh, uh, just a fish of a lifetime an event of a lifetime, and let's hope you can repeat it again next year, sir. Um, I'll just be happy to be part of it next year. I, honestly, we don't expect to do the same thing, but, <laughs> um, you know, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for wishing me good luck, wishing our team good luck. Um, thank you for having me. No, All right. Charles, the tournament kind of guy, I always like being in the check line. I don't care where I am. If you don't win, I just want to <laughs> That's right. All right. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. If we can catch up with him, he's on the water. Captain Chuck Taft, he's going to call on in, and we're going to get an up-to-date report on what's happening offshore. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. 
Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Well, we're still trying to get a hold of Captain Chuck Taft. He's aboard the Legend right now. Uh, uh, find out what's been happening. But Stan, I know you've been keeping track, and Wendy, so have you. The bite down here in San Diego, it's not like it was a month or so ago, but it's a little more spotty, but we still have a lot of fish here. You know, that that the fishery has just it's been nothing but great this year, last year and this year. But, you know, being able to say, hey, instead of going on a 14 day trip and four days down to Clarion or or the, you can't fish anymore anyhow. So you got to go to Hurricane Bank or whatever. But you're four days down, fish for four or five days. Hope you get that 100 to 300 pound tuna. You want that that cow over 200 and then come back up the line. Uh, that's a that's a roll of the dice, and it's four or five thousand dollars by the time you get done. Now, it's overnight trips to <laughs> to San Clemente Island <laughs> off Pyramid Head, and run around. And it's not it's been the same story over and over again. You'll see the fish, you'll run over the fish, uh, and it's not just one group here, one group there. There's massive amounts of it out there that you drive over and. Some of it wants to play and some of it doesn't. But the fact that you got a shot at a a 200 to 300 pound fish off our coastline tuna that we've never had in my lifetime, and I've been fishing for a long time. Uh, you, we've had 100 pound bluefin, you know, that 100, 130 pound, 150 pound stuff that came in. That was in the late 80s. Um, but this this fishery we have now and the availability to go out there and 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 tag the fish of a lifetime, really a, a cow tuna off our coast is just amazing. I know that Mike Pritchard came in with, with uh, fish over 200. This, and then last week there was a boat that came in with 17 of them over two. Um, it, that it continues to be the lucky guys that get on them. Uh, and each, each boat has its own thing, whether it's on the flat fall at night, one, one boat gets them all. And then some, some on live bait on a mackerel deep, uh, we ended up on Top Gun 80 getting, I think we had 13 or 14 over two out of 17 or 19 fish, whatever we had on the boat. But they all, almost every one of them came on the kite. Um, well, not all of them. We had, a, a, I think it was a split, but the majority came on the kite on flying fish. And I've been out there since then when they wouldn't even entertain that. So, you know, the, you're, you're right, Stan, because, you know, the, the, the long range boats, um, are hurting. A lot of the boats are going with um, hardly any passengers. My eight day on the rooster was just canceled. You no. know, you have bluefin that are local that you can catch. You know, a commercial guy just got an 800 pound bluefin. You've got yep. bluefin, you know, you got the American angler with Brian and Sam, you know, that's coming in with, with a 400 pounder. You know, why? You know, a lot of people are canceling their trips or not even booking long trips because you can stay here in California waters and get those huge, gigantic bluefin. You know, Wendy, I think, uh, uh, you know, your logic is sound. And I kind of want to add to that. Wayne was just telling us that he just came from a meeting that they thought that the bait fish were being decimated. And I think if you have any common sense at all, you ask yourself, why are these fish sticking around here? 
And I think we all know the question to that. You go with the answer the to that question, right? Yeah. Well, the, fish, the fish follows food. That's all they okay. do. That's their job. And so all the that thing is, fish, go ahead. But the thing is, is, you know, Noah and everybody else and all the researchers, they're thinking, oh, well, all these bluefin are spawning in Japan and coming over here. I'm sorry. When you get little tiny bluefin here, football, they're not coming from Japan. They're coming from here. We have resident bluefin that are here year round that that people don't realize that we have. We have a fishery, an ongoing fishery for the last what three four years, where yep. we have bluefin year round. They're here. They're spawning here. You can bet they're spawning <laughs> here. You know, I'm not a scientist, but hello. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they that, are, well, that, it has come into play in the last three, four years that, like you're, you're saying, we didn't have the bluefin around here for years. And we haven't had albacore for many years, too. And the albacore and bluefin kind of used to run together. When you got one, there was always the other, uh, or that other species would kind of come in and out. The bluefin come in and out with the albacore. And sometimes you get a bunch of both on any trip. Well, we haven't seen the albacore, but with this a massive biomass of bait fish and that little tiny anchovy and salary that came into the area here, I mean, in volumes and volumes of it, the big fish just came in and that's what the forage is for that big fish. They came into right. the arena and they stayed here with all that amount of bait. That's all their reason. They just follow food. And it stayed here, and it's now, it looks like it's going to be here for, it's here now, it'll probably stay here through next year, too. You know, it's, and it's, uh, it's going to be bigger. You know, yeah. and we're, we're seeing the reports of the bluefin, the big bluefin, going down, because I think even with our local fishermen, it's the same thing that's happening. They're going out with limited loads, and, uh, you know, there's a few people that are targeting those 200 pound 300 pound bluefin out there but everyone is trying to get more like those schoolers because it it's more within their range of 60 80 pound bluefin as opposed to a 200 but i it looks like the mix is still out there well you know when you go out for big fish you have to realize that these boats like the tornado oceanside uh 95 you know and all these guys who are going out for these big bluefin not everyone is going to get a big big bluefin but you're going out and you're taking a gamble and maybe you're going to end up with a California cow, you know, and, and, and that's the appeal. I want a California cow. I want a California Wahoo too, you know, and, yeah. and that's the appeal. You're not going to get the numbers, but you have a chance. It's kind of like going to the casinos. You have a chance. Well, you know, you're exactly correct. You can't catch one if you don't go. So right. go out and not, and it's just like fishing. You might get one and you might not, but you might get a smaller one and you might run into a group of that smaller fish, that 60 to 100 pound fish and load the wagon and have a great trip. You you just didn't get the big ones. Well, we've I've been on both sides of that where we got big ones and we didn't get lots of big ones, but we got lots of that 60 to 150 pounder and then a few over two. But either way, you can't sit on your sofa and wish if you if you're gonna go 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 try right. because the stuff is there and and it's only an overnight trip you can go on several and and right. it's not cost a lot just go and try 
You know, and for the price of a regular trip, you can probably get aboard a boat and you can experience what limited load is all about. And I've got to tell you, when you get into that, you know, fishing, uh, you know, the yellowfin tuna or the skipjack that are out there or whatever it is, if you only have 18 people on the boat as opposed to 28 people on the boat, it makes a world of difference. Oh, yeah. You know, if you can go out there and fish that big fish with 15 guys, man, that you're going to you've got 15 baits and a shot at them. I don't care right. how you cut it. That's good stuff. 14 to one. Yeah, hey guys, just a couple of other things. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been monitoring the progress at the Shelter Island launch ramp and they are going great guns right now. There's a lot of concrete being poured out there. And I did have a chance to speak uh, with uh, some of the people from the San Diego Anglers, and they have requested from the Port District. It is January the 26th as being the date for the Bay Bass Tournament. That's January the 26th, 2019. We're thinking there's a good chance that the ramp is going to be open. As a matter of fact, we have scheduled the lead engineer for the project, Eric Guerrero, to be with us next week to report on just what the progress is. Are there going to be all the lanes open at one time? They're going to open a couple of them, but right now they're pouring in the concrete. They're taking down the coffer dams. They're putting in the docks, and it it looks like we're really close to So, having- John, the yes. most important question... Will the San Diego Bay Bass Tournament happen in 2019? The answer is, it looks it looks like yes. The only Woo-hoo! reason why we can't confirm it, because the San Diego Port District was hit hard by a hacker here a few oh, months no. ago. You probably heard of the report. And they they are still trying to rebuild everything that they had that they lost from oh. being hacked. So <laughs> Dwayne Pontenot is uh, is uh, on that, and he has let us know. And I uh, he came into the shop to tell us about what was happening. Uh, if Rod Real Radio and Angler's Arsenal and Western Plastics, if we wanted to sponsor the event again, that he was feeling pretty confident that there was going to be a 2019 event. So I think you can look forward to it. Right now, it's scheduled for January 26th. All right. Well, you, you got know, a couple of months to get her done. Yeah. and But, you know, one of the side benefits, if you can launch out of one of the marinas, the lobster crawl has been off the chart for those people that are getting on out there. And or if you run on down to H&M Landing and you get aboard the Alicia or the Jig Strike, they're running nightly lobster trips out in San Diego Bay and just out towards uh, Point Loma where the commercial fishermen can't go. It has been probably the best crawl in many, many years for the recreational hoopers. Hey, John, Wednesday yeah. I'll be out in San Diego. Let's hop on board and let's go fish for some lobster. Well, you Good know, idea. What? Bring me some back. <laughs> well, also bring... Uh, uh, bring your uh, run reel because of the fact in between soaking those recreational hoops, we get a chance. We can uh, maybe throw some plastics or some lures out there and we can pick up some nice fish during that event. 
And oh. Wendy, if, if you make it on out there, I promise you there will be a boat burger in your future. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm there. You know, I'll, I'll check. You know, the, the thing was is that you just can't call up at the last minute to make a reservation. So oh, okay. I'll, I'll check during this weekend. Wednesday night, John. Yeah, Wednesday night. That's when you're going to okay. be here? Yep. Okay. I'll, I'll give them a call. Let's see if we can set it up. Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, we want to apologize. <laughs> we were supposed to have Chuck Taft on. This was Captain Taft's last trip out for the season. You know, we're talking about it slowing down. He's, uh, you know, now, this, he's going to keep the boat at the dock now. It's going to go through the first guard. And uh, uh, so, Captain Chuck, I hope you and Steve had a great trip out there. We'll check in with you later on in the season here. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. Great show. All right. Talk to you guys Lots next week. And hopefully we'll be fishing lobster on Wednesday. All right. Hey, Otto, I want to thank you. Uh, you tried your hardest to try to keep us on the air. You did a great job. Ben Harvey, you and I are going to have to get together, find out what this glitch was. But Ben Harvey's our local producer. And always, in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Captain Nettie McCune that set up this show for us almost 20 years ago, we want to thank them very much. Also thank Paul Leader for helping keep us on the air. Guys, that's it for tonight. Go out there and get them. Someone's catching your fish and they're getting away. Good night, everyone. We'll see you next week.